0: First Corinthians chapter seven, verse 32. This is always a hallmark scripture when it comes to being single in the church. I said a few weeks ago that Paul really didn't say a lot about marriage in scripture. He doesn't say a whole lot about single. In fact, the few things he does say about singles could be somewhat confusing. So let's go to the word of God and find out here in first Corinthians chapter seven, verse 32. But I want you to be without care, Paul writes. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who's married cares about the things of the world. That is how he may please his wife. Now there's a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, how she may live holy or excuse me, how she may be holy, both in body and in spirit. But she who's married mm -hmm, cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband, now this Paul says verse 35 and this I say for your own prophet someone say for my own prophet, my own prophet. come on say it with me say for my own, my own prophet Paul says not that I may put a leash on you but for what is proper that you may serve the Lord without distraction that you may may serve distraction. As much as we want to say that this is focusing on singles, it actually focuses on singles and people who are married. If you're married, your focus should be pleasing the Lord as you please your spouse. If you're single, your focus should be pleasing the Lord. Watch this as you serve in his body. Okay. I don't want to take it too far just yet, because there's some uphill climbing we'll have to take in the next few moments. Singles must prioritize serving God before looking or over-serving or overlooking for a spouse. And i to say that again. Pastor Sharon, I want you to speak to this in a moment. And it, particularly in your experience growing up as a single. But singles should prioritize serving God more so than looking for a spouse. And there was one, a man in this entire church.
1: Okay. This one, I have an opportunity to share my story. Um, as I listened to the message that the gentleman shared on Friday, it sound like, what was his name? Dr. Dr. Clarence Shuler, very powerful word on being single. And it, it really blessed me how he talked about the standard of singles. Um, I've been reading this book, have not finished, but it's called Premarital Sex in America. The Young Americans Meet, Mate, and Think About Mary. And think about marrying. All right? Premarital Sex in America. Um, when you look at the landscape, and as my husband stated, of where people in the church are today, where we are today... It is like you look and it's like it's just totally opposite of the word. Like, totally. I was I was going with the women about the works of the flesh and the works of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5. And when you look at the works of the flesh, because we highlight certain things in the church, but the Bible talks about jealousy. It talks about envy. It talks about all that works of the flesh. Not just the sins we call big, but all these things uh, can cripple us in our walk with God, right? Um, and, and so... Again, when you look at the landscape of the church today, it's like, what in the world is going on? Because the word of God is still right. The word of God is still right. So, you know, in listening and reflecting on what what was ministered on Friday and just looking at my own story, because, again, we believe in being transparent. And Pastor Stevens, before we get away from that verse, um, the Bible says the wife is worldly. And the husband is worldly, how they can please their wives. The problem is, a lot of times when people get married, they may be single, but when they get married, they want to try to go all busy in the church, right? But you're supposed to do that as a single. Because that's the only time when God said you can be divided when you get married. Because your priority is not to run around church doing everything, but you need to know how to please that man or that woman, right? But it's amazing when I see people get married, they want to get all caught up in the church, but yet you forget about your husband, you ain't cook, you ain't clean the house, but you want to be, you know, in the, in the sewing circle or whatever. But that's a whole nother thing, we can get to that later. So when I look back at when I became, when I gave my life to Christ, My parents got divorced when I was three years old. And so I remember just crying out to God. My people, my family used to go to church. We went to church religiously. And it was really not just, it was literally religiously, okay? (laughs) We went to church often. And and so I saw the difference between going to church and the religiousness of church. And then when I became a Christian, I saw the lifestyle difference, right? So some of us, we've been raised in a church and we know we go it because grandma wants us to go. And some of us are really searching for God. But if you don't have a pastor that's teaching the word of God, and when they leave, walk it out, you're confused. You're more confused. And I remember going through that. So when I got, uh, became, uh, got saved in this tent revival that was set up in my community at the age of 13 years old, when I heard that word and I saw these people look like what they were preaching, I mean, they were passionate about what they were preaching and telling me about Christ. So I was excited for it. Not only was I excited for it at the age of 13, my mom got saved. I saw her tear up all her cigarettes at the altar. right she never brought another man in our household right because i saw all that growing up and some of us um we struggle if we haven't been brought up in a household where we saw drinking we saw our mom sleeping around and all that we saw abuse in our household you know so we we struggle with is darkness really out there i heard greg say we people need to see our light because it's darkness So I saw darkness, right? So maybe people say, well, maybe that's your hunger for God because I saw darkness. So when I saw light in God in this tent revival, never seen anything like that at the age of 13. I hungered for that, right? I saw my mom change. Like I said, her, her and my dad got divorced when I was three. They weren't Christians, so I saw her with men. I saw her bring men in the household. I saw her, but she told me an interesting story. She said at the age of 15, she would go to her uh, church, one of the leaders at her church, at the age of 15, and have them pray for her to know God, pray for her to, to live for God, but they didn't, they didn't know how to tell her to do that, right? So she lived the best way she can. So sometimes when people come to church, we don't know what they've been through. We don't know their story. So don't kill people how they look, how they act when they come to church because you don't know where they come from. And when my mom told me she came to church as a teenager, she was hungry for God, but nobody knew how to, tell her to live right nobody knew how to tell her to live this bible so i got saved in this tent revival at the age of 13 and had leaders that really they may have been extreme for that moment but i don't care they showed me how to love god and know god right they showed me how to know and love God. And, um, and so when I, when I accepted Christ, now, mind you, before that, I used to go home after church of, at my grandma's church. This is a religious church, but they did the best they could. Every week, I would pray to be saved. Every week I did something wrong, I was like, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, because that's just how they did. But when I got saved in this tent revival, these people talk, told me about Christ. And, one, and once I accepted God, guess what? That was it. I wasn't condemned when I went to church every Sunday to say, Lord, save me over and over again. Because at that moment in a tent revival, I knew I had gotten it. I knew I had received Christ. And so from that moment, and my mom got saved, no more men came in our household. She stopped. She tore up the cigarettes. There was no more drinking. Amen. No more partying. I saw her shift. And so when I got saved because of my background, my parents uh, divorced. And just the lifestyle I saw, people sleeping around, cousins, all that. I said, I don't want this life. I don't want to be any part of it. And I said, God, if you're real. I said, God, if you're real. Because guess what? As a teenager, I feared I was going to have premarital sex. I feared, like, I'm going to have sex. I'm going to get pregnant. Why? Because if you don't know God, if you don't know Christ, if you don't know light, what, what, what are alternatives? And all you see is that are y'all hearing me? Sometimes we put our nose up at people, but you don't know their background. You don't know their story. She has three kids and she's not married, but do you know her background? Who taught her how to be a lady? Who taught her that she could keep herself to marriage? I didn't know that. So when I heard that gospel and how God loved me and how I didn't have to have sex outside of marriage, are y'all hearing me? I was so excited like, okay, God, so I'm a Christian now. If I follow this word, I don't have to do these things. I don't have to live this way. I can become somebody in you. And I was like, oh my gosh. So you all, I was so excited to be serving God, so excited to know I could live out this word and have a God that loved me, so I don't have to do these things. I didn't have to have premarital sex outside of marriage. And get this so as a single, i'm serving god i'm I'm going forward i went to college i had a teacher that prophesied to me in my senior high school i don't know if she was a christian or not but she said you're gonna find your husband in college a white lady i said no i'm not because i'm not going to college for that i'm going to get an education and just be example for christ i'm not doing that and i used to say god i don't care if i'm 40 or 50 unless you see me the right person i will be single the rest of my life i said make me a eunuch are y'all hearing me because I saw darkness. So when I had God as a light, I was not seeking a man. And as the scripture said, the single, you're, you should be consumed with seeking God. Because when you seek God, he's going he's to satisfy you. He said he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask, think, or imagine. The problem is, where's the hunt? If you're giving it all up and you're not allowing somebody to run after you, what are they? There's no hunt. A man like to hunt. My husband like to fish. He like to hunt deer. You like to be hunting a, a, a pig, hog. a wild hog in a few months. So they love hunt. But if you are giving it all up and you showing it all, <laughs> if you showing it all, where's the hunt? You devalue yourself. Where's the hunt? Because let me tell you this, God. When you put, when you seek God with, and 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 seek after Him, I know I'm going a lot. Yeah, give Him a mic. But when you when you seek God, <laughs> you wanted me to tell it. But when you have a heart to seek God and to know God, He said, when you seek Him and His righteousness, He said, all things will be added. I don't care where you are and you are, ladies, you know, those of you who said, you know what, Lord, I'm tired of waiting. I ain't waiting on no man, so I'm, I'm going to do this myself. I, I'm not, I'm not going to wait on you, God. You don't, I'm not going to wait on you, so I'm going to do it myself. How many of you all did that and you found that, mm-mm, I, I messed up? Mm-hmm. Right? Right? So now we do it God way. God's not a God to condemn, but now we do it God's way. Amen. I know that was a lot. Amen. Like I said, I remember like it was yesterday.
0: Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. (laughs) Wow. Come on, y'all. Let's get Pastor Sharon a hand. What a story. What a testimony. Um, I'm almost feeling compelled to match your testimony with my testimony. I won't do all of that today. Uh, Tell a little bit, Pastor want. I'll tell just a a tad bit because I think it's important that you all see the balance. I grew up totally opposite. Of how she grew up. Mm -hmm. Totally opposite. I saw things, and particularly from reverends and preachers growing up at the Baptist so church in the, okay. in the church. Mm-hmm. Now I do remember my daddy getting saved. I remember him coming Tell home that in crazy. Houston, Texas. Uh, I want to say 1979, 1978. We were, my mom and I, my sister, we were going from church to church to church, Assemblies of God and Catholic churches. And I remember all of the, just, you know, just staying home. I was Houston Oilers fans. So I remember clearly staying home and watching the Oilers on Sundays. And now, But my dad came home and he had got, he had a, a, a Baptist preacher had witnessed to him uh, as he was pumping gas uh, for a school bus terminal. Wow. And I remember the day he came home. I remember that weekend the cigarettes was gone, the liquor was gone, and whatever was going on in our home was gone. And that next Sunday, we was in church. And we wow. stayed in church. See? We stayed See? in church. So he came home and said, Amen. basically, Amen. asked for me in my house. We're gonna serve the Lord, Amen. and we joined the Progressive New Hope Baptist Church, Elgin Street, Houston, Texas. And I remember hearing him. He became a junior deacon, then a main deacon, and then I remember being on the choir and all of that stuff. But it's, transformation was made. That I remember. Yes. But in moving to North Carolina, I also had my moments as a young single, when well, I single, but as a teenager, you know, I, I I saw things that I should not have seen in the clergy yes. growing up. When I got saved at a and State University, you know, uh, uh, the blessed part then was I saw a lot of young men yes. that were serving the Lord. These yes. were football yes. players and men who were in sports and men who, who carried briefcases and wore suits. And I'm talking about young men and they kept a standard. Mm-hmm. So when I got saved, uh, it was e- not easy, but it was it was it was expected to live a holy life and to live saved despite this quote-unquote religious background that I had seen on on, from the inside looking out and we met and we stayed saved and holy and we lived victoriously because you and I I, yeah there was was a a standard yeah yeah, it was a struggle but at the end of the day we made a promise to the Lord and a promise to 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 each other that for two and a half years when we dated that I met you as a virgin and we would marry you as a virgin which God blessed us to do right now it's speeding forward, and I want, I want to find a transitional point because culture, if faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the Word of God, how much more things happen because of what you hear, experience, and see? Yes. And again, I don't want to switch gears too fast because when we get into our series in a couple of weeks about real life, yeah. you know, we want to, I want to be able to give the why because I've never given the why and the culture and the clergy and the preachers and the bishops and all of the things that we've seen both good and bad mm-hmm. there was there was epic and you know this of yes. all people not all but a great deal of our pastoral friends that they are not married right have gotten divorced yes i would say six out of the seven closest friends that i had in the last 20 years mm-hmm. are no longer married and you deal with those type of things and you may say well what does all this have to do with being single and we're going to bring the panel up in a moment if i would have observed a little bit more keener spirit led if i would have listened yes i was reading this morning the scriptures it talks about the, the the donkey and the horse and how God says, I want to teach you by my word, but if you're not willing to listen by the word, I'll put a bit in a bridle in your mouth and I'll have to move and discipline you in a certain way. So the goal was, do you listen by the word of God and learn, or are you going to have to have a bit in a biddle or a bridle to make you do what God wants you to do through discipline? Go ahead, you make a point.
1: I was going to say, you were giving an example one time, how you were at the gas station, because you're talking about the Reverend, mm-hmm. and how you, that those, uh, non-examples encourage you and you were putting stuff in your trunk and one walked up your pastor at that time
0: I was I was uh, senior in high school me and some friends were at the gas station loading up and doing stupid stuff seniors who don't know the Lord do we were getting ready for a party and we had an ice chest in the trunk of the car and our pastor walked up at the gas station and (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I gotta be respectful because his wife could be watching this to this day. Um, she's still a friend of the family. Um, but this was 1987 and I had an z and it was a, it was canned apple red. And I was just the cast me out and me and my boys were gonna Catch do our thing and all that other stuff. And um, Reverend so-and-so walked up behind me and he looked in the trunk and he saw the ice cooling. He looked in and saw, he said, mmm, look like y'all gonna have a great time tonight. And what did he do? He walked away and walked away and I now I was convicted the guys were convicted but but rev said nothing and I'm not saying I'm not using it as a one-time experience for for for, for total collapse but those were impressionable moments back then that could have created this dualistic duplicity mindset that it's okay to be the Reverend and still or not hold people in check. So those were just little stepping stones even then. So let's go back real quick to being single before the singles come up. Um, I think the takeaway from this moment is my wife lived a very successful single life. We look at the teens in the room now. I'm I'm looking at Brother Tomba and his daughter. I'm looking at so many other young singles. You can live victoriously as a single
1: Amen. Amen. and you
0: know what you can live. Holy, live holy. as a teen, as yes. a college student, yes. as a single, even singles who are up in age. Now yes. we were ministering to a couple recently that they don't they live in Charlotte, but they live in another city and we were encouraging them because they live together, but they really are good people and they really want to do well. And they, they really want to do the things of the Lord. Give God something. Even if ain't but a week and a half before you go to the magistrate, give him something that says, God, I hear the word, I'm going to respond to the word, and I want to live holy to the Lord. That can take you a destiny into great things happening if you're willing to give that to the Lord.
1: And this is a thing to give God something. As I've stated, it's just disappointing when you see couples who, you know, you don't take heed to the word. You may live together before you get married. And then after you get married, it's just amazing to me how they shift. You run to people and you want to get that advice. You run to people, you want to hear how to be a wife or how to be a husband at that moment. But you, it's after the fact. Why don't you seek that advice beforehand? Why don't you give God something beforehand? But it's, a, it's just something how a lot of times you can't tell people nothing. Like I got this, that's y'all life. How long y'all been married? And in this book, it's funny because uh, one of the people said, you know, sex is not for married people. They said sex is not for married people. When you get married, you're supposed to have babies and be a wife and be at home. Sex is for single people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sex is for single people. So think about that, the mindset of the world. And then we bring that in the church, totally opposite the, the, the word. And we've seen so many times people get married. Before they got married, you couldn't tell them nothing. And when they, when they crossed the broom, I'm telling you. It's like all Hades break loose. Because let me tell you this, there's some demons. They ain't going to attack you until you, after you get married. They're going to let you shack up. They're going to let you play house. You know, you do what you're going to do. You're going to have your career. And then uh, you, you're going to have this opportunity to, you know, do your thing. I do my thing. But it's something about when you, when you say I do. Honey, that woman that said she was going to let you do all this stuff, she's like, where you going? He's like, where you going? Who, who, who you hanging with? Yeah. Uh, just a fairy tale. Who, who you hanging with? Who you talking to on the phone? You're at, so Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. So let me tell you this. You got to be real and true to yourself. Stop being phony to keep somebody. You ain't even being who you are. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You being fake and phony. You want to know who that person's talking to. You want to know who they're going, that's not going to keep them. Then you go ahead and you get pregnant, have a baby. What? You think that's going to keep a man? We're probably, the, as we gave the stats, the least married, the less, least less married people and 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 single parent households, we got to break this curse. It starts with us. It starts with you. And let me say this. And we're gonna the singers gonna come up. We got to, as single. We have to educate. You are empowered. We are empowered. Married people, you're not less than here at the city church. You are great, anointed, powerful people here at the city church. You have a voice to encourage, encourage these young people. When I look at my mom, Ella May, I tell my mom, I said, because you committed to Christ, stop the life you were living. That's why your four daughters are saved today. Amen. That's why we are aim for success because of your example, because of your standard. To to go forth and do better. So even single parents, you can be that light and example to your kids. But you got to live it out. Don't just talk it, walk it. Amen.